0: It seems like all the time I am simply and very unpoetically rehearsing the basic events of my day-to-day life. My mom calls on FaceTime. How's your day going, hun? Oh. It's good, I say. The kids and I had breakfast and did our prayer time. After doing some schoolwork and having a snack, we went off to the park for some fresh air. Shrug. My friend greets me on Monday morning at our homeschool group. So, how was your weekend? She says. Oh, it was good, I say. We relaxed on Friday, went to the soccer field on Saturday, and did the church thing on Sunday. Shrug. I'm sure this sort of back and forth is familiar to you, too. Your parents pass the salad bowl your way at dinner and ask, so how was school today? Oh, it was good, you say. Math, English, drama, talked with the teacher about the final project, hung out with my friends at lunch. Shrug. You bump into an acquaintance at the grocery store, or in a coffee shop, or in the church foyer. How has life been going, they ask. Oh, good, you say. You've had these changes at work, I've had this change in my health, I'm busy busy with these appointments, I've got these family commitments coming up. Today's scripture passage reads a little bit like that, actually. It's really just a play-by-play of the basic events. The author is a man named Luke, From what we can tell by piecing together historical documents and looking at timelines, Luke was a scholar and a doctor who was an active leader in the early church. Imagine bumping into him on some desert road in the ancient Middle East. He's heading one way on an errand, doctor's bag under his arm, you're heading another. Oh, but you stop and you talk for a minute. So Luke, how did the birth of Jesus go again? Oh, that, yeah. It was good, he says. Remember how Caesar wanted to do this census a while back? So Mary and Joseph had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. That's where he was born. It was a busy time, so it actually happened in a barn because there wasn't any space in any of the hostels there. That's it. Plain Jane. The straightforward rundown. As far as birth stories go, Luke's version is a rather simple, unpoetic retelling of the events. It is almost shruggable. Until, and you knew I was going to get to this, right? Until, that is, he gets around to mentioning those angels. It's the presence of the angels that alert us to the fact that there's more going on than what we can see. There is a reality beyond what meets the eye. The basic play-by-play is totally correct, but what's really happening? The straightforward rundown is absolutely accurate, but what is the deeper reality? Lest anyone then or now shrug off this birth story as just another simple, unpoetic birth, God sends angels to open our eyes to see what is really going on. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Just another night, doing what they need to do. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified, of course. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. And here's the deeper reality today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, He is the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You'll just find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. The appearing of the angels is this moment when the curtain of heaven is pulled back just a bit. It's this moment when that divide that we all experience, that wall between the material world and the spiritual one, is taken down for a minute. It's this moment when the shepherds and everyone listening to the story since get to see what's really going on. The angels indicate that there is an unseen reality and that this unseen reality is, in fact, more true and more real than the seen one. What's real here? What's really happening? What's the deeper reality? Do you see Caesar Augustus on his throne, ordering a census of his empire on a whim of political power? Or do you see what is unseen? Do you see God on his throne, ordering earthly events in such a way that his kingdom will come and his will will be done? Do you see Mary and Joseph veering off the road to Bethlehem, just a small town, just the place where his grandparents were from, don't blink or you'll miss it? Or do you see what is unseen? Do you see the exact location spoken about in ancient prophecies, a location heavy with historical significance and pregnant with divine promise? Do you see a quiet night, locals and travelers alike asleep in their beds? Or do you see the vast movement of an army of angels gathering, advancing, alert, more awake than ever before? Do you hear a silent night, a holy night, where all is calm? Or do you hear the shouts and praises of heavenly beings as they cry, Gloria? Do you sense the trembling of the stars and all elements as their Creator makes a move toward the redemption of all things? Do you see a baby, or do you see a savior? It's described this way. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. But then the angel says, in an eye-opening announcement, that there is more than what is seen. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. A fundamental aspect of living as a Christian is being committed to the idea that there is an unseen reality. We are living in a moment in time, historically, and culturally, where this is a very, very challenging idea. Over the past few hundred years, our minds have been shaped by the belief that the only things that are real are material things, things that you can observe with your senses, things that you can taste or touch or smell or hear, things that you can see through a microscope or through a telescope. But a mind shaped by the Bible believes that reality is not merely material. It is also immaterial. The world is physical and spiritual. It is made up of things visible and invisible. There is what is seen, and there is also what is unseen. And the Christian faith involves the belief that there is not only both elements to us and to our world, but that what God is doing in the spiritual, invisible, and unseen realm is actually more true, more real, than what is immediately obvious to our naked human eye. One of my favorite moments in the Bible highlighting this aspect comes from the book of 2 Kings and I'm just gonna quickly tell you this story because it's a really good one. It's a story about a prophet named Elisha. So the king of Aram was at war with the king of Israel, and every time that Aram tried to attack Israel, Elisha, who was prayerfully hearing direction and guidance from God, would just warn the king of Israel about when and where the army of Aram was gonna be showing up, so that the king of Israel and their army could be very well prepared. And this was making the king of Aram very upset. He did not understand what was going on. Like, the strategy was to go here and here, and it was like everywhere he went, Elisha was just telling them, well, be prepared here, be prepared there, because that's what's happening. And so the king of Aram was just like looking at his men, and he was like, which one of you is a spy working for the king of Israel, telling him all my battle moves? And his men were like, you know what? It's not us. Israel has this guy named Elisha. And he's a prophet of God. And he's just really helping them. And so the king of Aram was like, okay, change of plans. If I want to successfully attack Israel, I'm going to have to get Elisha first. So at night, he and his army go, and they go to the town where Elisha was living, and he surrounds it. In the morning, Elisha's servant wakes up, and he opens the door to get the newspaper, and he almost drops his coffee, because he sees the army of Aram encircling the town with their spears and bows and arrows pointed right at Elisha's house, just ready to go. The servant says to Elisha, and now I'm quoting from the passage, oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked, looking up from his bowl of cornflakes. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of chariots and horses of fire all around Elisha. What was the truth in that moment? That Elisha and his servant were under siege and in grave danger? That they were alone and vulnerable and undefended? Or was the truth that Elisha and his servant were completely safe and that the army of the king of Aram was actually no match for the angelic army of the king of heaven? Elisha knew the deeper reality. He was seeing with his spiritual eyes so he could eat his breakfast in peace. But his servant needed his eyes to be opened. And the shepherds needed their eyes to be opened. Of course they would. It was just a baby, swaddled up, lying in some hay belonging to some poor couple. They needed their eyes to be opened. So the angels were sent to tell them, to show them, to pull heaven's curtain back just for a minute. Do you see what is unseen? And that's what we need too. We need our eyes opened during Christmas and every day of our lives to see the unseen. This is not just a baby. He is our Savior and Messiah. He is the Lord, one with the very Maker of heaven and earth. And that baby didn't grow up to be a religious teacher. That's just one of many influential religious teachers from ancient times. He is the embodiment of God's word, and the fulfillment of God's law. The death he died on a cross isn't just a death. It's the heart of God on display. It's the love of God poured out. It's justice satisfied. It's sin defeated. It's death conquered. It's victory won. And the empty tomb discovered three days later isn't just an empty tomb. And because it's just always been true that we humans have a hard time seeing the unseen, God sent an angel that day too so that the deeper reality would not be missed. He's not here because he's risen. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, He is the Lord. Friends, what do you need your eyes opened to see? We need to see Jesus for who he really is. We also need to see our simple, unpoetic selves living our simple, unpoetic lives with spiritual eyes too. When walking our dog down a path in the forest, we need to see not just the material, not just the physical world, but beloved creation shot through with the glory of the Creator. When talking with a family member or a friend or a neighbor who has frustrated us or hurt us or annoys us, we need to see not just a flesh and blood human, but a being who bears the very image of the living God. When feeling immense guilt or shame, we need to see that we are forgiven. We are a saint. When feeling weak or tired, we need to see that the strength and power of God indwells us by His Spirit. When feeling alone, we need to see that we are not alone, but that God loves us, and He has gone to great lengths to be with us. I had the privilege of praying with a young woman a few years back. Um, She gave me permission to share this story. She's not part of our church community and hasn't ever been part of this particular church community. I'll call her Amy. And um, during our time of praying together, she was actually just compelled to give testimony, to share this story of when God opened her eyes and as a single young woman in her early 30s, she went through this period of time where she was just sort of descending into um, depression due to an ever-deepening sense of aloneness and loneliness. And um, this was going on for months and months, and she was just really sensing this descent, this this loneliness resulting in a depression. And um, she described it as just being heavy. Like heavy, like it was taking a physical toll on her. And um, she had been praying about it quite a bit, and she had people praying for her. And um, this thing happened. And she's like, I can't tell you why or or what, but... Um, She had been gone all day, and she was unlocking the door to her basement suite to enter into her home. And she said that, you know, she's like unlocking the door, and she just had this feeling of dread. It would be dark and cold, and she would be alone. But instead, she said she opened the door, and she was overcome by this sensation that God was there. And she said it was amazing, because it was like, not just God, but it's like He just gave me this picture, that it was God, my Father, there smiling upon me. And Jesus, my Savior, was there with His mercy and love and companionship, and the Holy Spirit was there with great joy and peace, and they actually were waiting for me all along. her eyes were opened to an unseen reality. And I love that story. I love that it wasn't just this sense of God, but that it was the Holy Trinity, you know? It wasn't like just this little bit of peace. It was like a party. You know, it wasn't just like a friend waiting for her. She truly had the sensation of the family of God that she was invited into, that she got to participate in, that she belonged with. And she goes back to that. She goes back to that. Thank you, Lord, for opening her eyes. And may she always see what is unseen but what is absolutely the deeper reality. I mean, is it just another day at home with the kids? Something to shrug off? Or is it an invitation to both enjoy and give out God's grace and love? Is it just another day at school? Or is it an opportunity to have your mind and your heart touched by the knowledge of God and God's amazing world? Is it just another day at work? Or is it a participation in God's kingdom? When we wake up to yet another day, we need to see the fresh invitation to know the goodness of the gospel and the opportunity to give glory to God. When we go to sleep at night, for yet another night, we need to see God welcome us to be at rest and at peace in Him. And all of this starts by hearing what the angels said. All of this starts by seeing what the shepherds saw. It starts with making the baby, who is the Savior, your Savior and letting Him rule and shape your life. May Jesus, by His Spirit, open our eyes to the truth that today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, has been born to us. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, born in Bethlehem, born of Mary, and born to be our Savior, our Messiah, and our Lord. We cannot see him, God, unless you give us your Holy Spirit to open our eyes. We pray that you would do that now. Move in our midst now by your ever-present spirit, touching our hearts, opening our ears and our eyes especially. Help us to truly see him and to see you present and at work in our lives and in the world.